ever read a book and one of the main character in the video game you're playing? Have you ever seen a movie and imagined the villain in your next tabletop campaign? <gasps> yeah! So have we! <laughs> yeah, so have we! The Gamer Alchemy Podcast will... Podcast? The Gamer Alchemy Podcast will explore how characters from endless fictional settings might be built in different worlds. Want to see the Hulk? Okay, Hulk Hogan. In Stardew Valley? <laughs> They'll never expect it. We'll imagine it. And you know what else no one would ever expect? Maybe the Spanish Inquisition! In Doom. Hey! I think that would actually be incredible. Let's give it a try. Great, and whatever the combination, we're going to talk the lore and game design and find the best fit in our humble opinions here on the <gasps> Gamer Alchemy Podcast! Folks, welcome back to the Gamer Alchemy Podcast. Welcome especially back our uh, uh, our beloved co-host of Guy Ravenhood Black. Guy, thank you for joining us again. <laughs> We've missed you! It's a pleasure to, uh, be in, uh, to be returning here to the professional podcasting scene. Um, I, I, need, I, need, I need more voices to like, where I'm like, that's the voice that I want to go with, as opposed to just doing what comes to me. Um, folks, we also um, have a few potential guests. Um, I am in the middle of fostering four kittens with my wife who uh, are in the room that I like to uh, record in, and two of the more rambunctious ones, Buzz and Woody, um, especially like to lunge and claw. And right now, Woody is in particular underneath the arm of my mic. Um, don't worry, we've already had a few technical malfunctions where they have turned off my computer. <laughs> um, Brilliant. Ah! And I just kicked one into the wall. <laughs> We're... We're probably not the greatest thing to tell the entire internet because they'll misunderstand, but it's fine. It's okay. Uh, and it's very likely that my daughter will walk in on us because it is early morning for me and normal morning for Mr. Elliot Moose, Captain Minge. But you're not here to hear about our problems that might arise during recording. You're here for our... practically the purpose for which they've come here, you know. It's our low-budget recreational podcast, of course. <laughs> Of course. <laughs> as long as I don't take loud slurps of coffee into the mic, that's the that's the one goal, right? We are also recording uh, for our first time on a Saturday morning. Hence, all of these particular issues. Well, maybe not the kittens coming about. So, bear with us. We want to have some fun today and um, dig into some more league content. Um, last week, we um, guy missed out on our gin trap dungeon. Um, where we had our my friend uh, Isaac Warlore. Really bass heavy music. I heard. Uh, it was interesting. <laughs> you know, I, I do. Sorry, go ahead. That was good. That was good. Um, and so we're continuing on with League again for potentially two episodes. Just depends on what we want to do because there's a lot of content in the idea we're doing now. It's also very dangerous content. Um, Guy, your idea was. You. 
go in and pick items from League of Legends and craft little things around it as a kitten pops up behind Elliot. It's absolutely adorable. It's like, meow, to infinity and meow. Okay, but to find um, uh, different items and then craft them as homebrew, and then if a story is necessary or fitting for them, those would be campaign seed ideas but if you're running a game in any of the settings that we've done thus far in the podcast which are Targon Ionia and Noxus those are the three we've done so far I believe I think there's one more Uh, but it's okay I don't think so I don't maybe episodes and we've only done 10 anyway you're um, right yeah low budget but it's all good. Uh, Ionia, Noxus, and um, professionals would have done that research because they would have known what they were going to talk about, right? Uh, and uh, so, yeah, Noxus, Ionia, and um, Targon, you would be able to drop these items in. And so, yeah, that's all we're going to do. We're going to talk a little bit of that and then find, like, homebrewed as an equivalent item in D&D. And from there... What could go wrong? Homebrew? Nah. So I've picked a few, and I think Elliot's picked a few. Um, and if we, d- yeah. uh, if we don't get to mine, then uh, we will save it for another episode. Because the items in League are either so basic that it's just a magical item, or you could create an entire campaign around their implications in lore. We're looking at you, Blade of the Ruined King. Um... Literally had a whole like months long event in League of Legends last year. Was it last year? Or was it this year? It was last year. Which I'm still playing through and haven't finished. Same, but that's because I got a PS5 and uh, got distracted. But it's still there. It's a solid RPG. Uh, League of Legends story ruined King folks. Um, we don't get sponsored, by the way. So if anyone wants to, you know, have a video game company, let us talk hey, about them. Great, Riot. <laughs> Riot. Riot. I'm doing an entire audiobook series of your entire rules or universe lore. <laughs> Hi, Graham McNeil. Hello. Uh, sorry, Anthony Reynolds. If any of you don't know what that is by this point in listening to our podcast, it is Guy's Podcast Stories of Runeterra, where he uh, actually goes over just straight-up lore and stories and narrates them, because it's actually really fun to do that. Yeah, Available on the same platforms as uh, this podcast. Karthus! Ooh! Karthus is good. I went with an undead theme this last month. I don't know why, but everyone in the story is undead. So, anywho... Uh, items. So the but the good thing with League of Legends items is there's like most people will think of them as pretty simple. Like a lot of for me, it took years to actually start looking at the items as added lore. Um, a great a current example um, of a game where the items and their lore are actually really critical would actually be Elden Ring. Um, because Elden Ring is a game where the some of the lore is kind of given to you, but if you really want to put together the big pieces and major players of the entire world, you need to look at almost every single item's like just description. And it's not even what the item does. Like every single item has some kind of world-building piece of information in it, literally down to the berries you feed your horse. And um, 
that kind of all-inclusive building it with every little nook i did not realize was kind of in league for a long time um and the the one little like i'll hold up my finger and say yeah it's there um is where i think elden ring like it actually fits and this is what i'm still trying to figure out and i again i think we've talked about my own personal headcanon um but the original league lore what do they have it called They've called it something like Legends for Star Wars. But I was going to say like Legends for Star Wars. Yeah, they have a word for it. Anyway, the, the old school original setup was that there were summoners pulling these champs into this summoner's rift where they battled them out. So there was a reason these champions got together. And um, I think the the difference, while you're right, and I'm 100% on there, I think the one difference would be that in Elden Ring, like, as a Tarnished, these items that you get are actually part of the story, like, canon story. Correct. Like that. Whereas League, that's not the case. League has unless, shoehorned them in. Well, unless my headcanon is correct. So... Which, if you guys haven't, I don't know if we've said it on the podcast, but my headcanon Give is us the overview. Summoner's Rift is a testing ground created by the Black Rose Cabal, which is led by LeBlanc, to test the strength of other nations and historical entities for Noxus to conquer or recruit. And so LeBlanc pulls these entities in during their dreams, which is why no- uh, Nocturne is there, uh, to test their metal against various champions and do studies of their power levels. Now... And then the items would just be there as well to test their effectiveness, but then again, we're also giving swords to ranged champions. Now, this isn't, uh, this isn't really headcanon, meaning my idea isn't something that i would say is is clearly based in lore it's actually based off of my board game which we briefly hit um i have not put work into this board game in a very long time but it was intended to try to bring a league of legends-esque experience to tabletop and it's it was totally based on league and i wanted it to have a narrative base and so the idea for my game was actually, it stemmed from the idea that League is all about legends. But when we talk about legends in the real world, it's typically not a current person. Like, in the, uh, let's actually look at the MCU. People typically aren't going to call Tony Stark, Iron Man, a legend during Iron Man 1, 2, and 3. But after Endgame, everybody would call Tony Stark a legend. And it's because he did something. Did, not is doing. And so I was like, okay, let's go with this idea that League of Legends is almost a storytelling mechanic. So the basis of my board game is that decades, centuries, X amount of time in the future in Runeterra, some kids find a magical deck of playing cards. And you say that, and my D&D 5e Dungeon Master just like takes a quick deep breath. 
then I realized it's okay. It's not what you're talking about. Correct. It is actually just Twisted Fate's deck, Long Lost. But Twisted Fate has designed these cards to be based around the stories of the heroes that he lived with in his time. And so these kids find these enchanted cards, and they start playing games, but suddenly they find themselves transported to this realm where the cards basically arm them with the skills of these champions. And so it's just, and it's basically a... It is similar to the Black Rose Cabal, where it's like we're testing their spirits to see how strong they are. But in essence, um, it is these kids testing, like just almost like kind of utilizing, but in a play play in a, in a play way, right. um, the power yeah, of these legends that they've. Yeah, it's like I grew up hearing stories about this, and now I've got Ashes Arrow. Oh, this is awesome! And like that's kind of what the board game well, is based around this little store. Yeah, that plays in with a lot of the video, like when we watch some of the music videos and stuff for like worlds. I'm thinking like, is it the 2016 worlds where you see the champs or the warriors video? Yep. Yeah, that's great. And that's exact, and that is exactly what I'm thinking of. And so then canonically, with the board game at least, League actually and and even all of the uh, offshoots, Star Guardian, which we're getting a new set here shortly, and. I'm actually kind of excited for at least a few of them. Not, don't really care about Seraphine. Uh, we all knew it would happen. Um, but those offshoots are just another person's like way of remembering the legends. Like, oh yeah, well I heard that they like flew through the sky and saved the stars. You know, like, oh okay, you you do that, kid. I am so excited in Stories of Rune Terror to finish. This isn't going to happen for a long time. Uh, but when I finish all the original stories, I'm probably going to go back and do re. I'm going to re-record and revisit some of the original ones just so that they're better quality. But I'm also going to start doing the like dives into the other. Yes. Like, and we'll do that here too. Like, I would love to do. I've been playing a ton of Legends of Runeterra. Um, and so doing a pulse fire or a psyops take on each of those champions. So anyway, I have a kitty that's going to get its head stuck. Lunging off of the there's a single tail hanging in from the top of his discord cam and all of you know exactly what he was doing when i made those noises oh we forgot our shout out so if he's made it this long good <laughs> guys shout out to our first god bless you you acknowledged you listened to our podcast gary Mysterium? I don't know your last name, but you are... Uh, Gary, you know who you are. ...told your dad, mom, mm -hmm. I don't even have the whole story. Mom. And they, they, mom, and they told, yes, you're getting a shout-out on this esteemed podcast. Uh, esteemed, so esteemed. Elliot that you were excited for our episode this morning, which is why I was up at 4.30 for you. Um, yeah. It's all for you, Gary. Advisor's son of Elliot 
listens to the podcast. So shout out to you, Gary. Thanks for listening, bud. And if you have anything you want us to do, he's gonna. He, this this might be before his time, but he would probably say, "I I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, oh yeah, do something with Gary's mod." No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, hey, we could figure something out. Gary's we mod. could figure it out. That would be hysterical. <laughs> but um. I heard you listen or play or play Madden and sports games, so maybe we can do. Uh, what if we mash together league and Madden? League and Madden. <laughs> Create the first Runeterra in sports. Scion. I get Scion. That's <laughs> all we say. I get Scion. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> immovable object meets an immovable armadillo. Hmm. Or, uh, you know, actually, I would consider or Galio. Galio. Guys, we might be blowing this episode up just to actually talk about a Runeterran sports game. <laughs> well, if you were growing up for me, it was Bionicle and Co- uh, Koi Ball? Cola Ball? Oh, I know exactly. The movie. From the movie. From the movie. Yes. But you could get the mcdonald's toys yes actually let you oh my gosh and i like it was the coolest world building game look we know bionicle is still a thing but like there it is so different original bionicle was so base level like it was just a simple skeleton with the masks and the masks had such cool lore and the bionicle movie i don't even remember if it came out in theaters i just remember getting it as close to day one as possible so good yes and the guy becoming coming out as the like basic the white Power Ranger essentially. Ooh, I don't know if that's the way I would want to word that. The gold mask Bionicle. <laughs> I d- he was the it was the mask of light. Oh my lord! Released September. No, that's the game. Hold on, uh, Bionicle game um, sport game. What was it? Coley ball. Coley ball. Coley is spelled with two eyes. Um, but you could get, you got the Coley stick that you could give your characters, but it was the coolest, like even today, it is still one of the most unique, like fantasy sports because it involved three teams. It wasn't a two team game. It was a three team game. Wasn't a four team game. It was a three team game. But it was a three-team game of pairs, and you would have people dueling in the middle with goalies. And it was, yeah, it was, the, like, still creative. Anyway, wow, that was Coley. that was a journey. Goalie for the Coley. So we need to come up with the Ruteran. I need to do some dives into Ruteran lore and see if there's any, like, games that are played in Piltover or whatever. Now, everyone, we understand that Tellstones is a game. We're talking sports games, though, not tabletop games. I really want to get Tellstones, except it's a little overpriced and I can't find anybody that would play with me. Uh, it, it is... seems really cool. It is very cool. It is probably one of the best aesthetic games that I own. Um... It comes with a letter from what's her name? Quinn. No, 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 no. Uh, Tar Targaryen. No, no, no. She's uh, you know what? Shoot, I'm I'm getting it out real quick. Captain it is fake work. And now this is where I step in and create filler content on this esteemed, excellent, above pay quality 
I don't, that, none of that it's makes sense. It's not the kittens. Anyway, Gary, thanks for listening, dude. And now we have to do a Runeterran sport for you, Gary. Alright, so, Tellstones. Of Legend into I'm pulling out my, my copy of <gasps> Tellstones. Um, yeah, I have it. I'm so sorry, but this is super important. They're releasing Battle Strike. The Battle Strikers has been released, and there are two games that dominated my childhood, and one of them was Mario Strikers on the GameCube, and the other one was the Mario baseball game. Unfortunately, neither of those were part of my childhood, and I'm a Nintendo like fan geek nerd. I played days, not hours days weeks on both of those on the gamecube so tellstones comes with a nice little play mat and i've very carefully folded it every single time i play to maintain it but the letter oh i'm okay so this is like the first thing it is so easy to find people to play with actually because it is such a simple premise you could lay this out in your office someone goes what's that and be like let me show you real quick it's a, it's I a, need to get this for my classroom, because uh, now I'm you will teaching know th- math and logic to 7th graders. Guy, you should know this name because of Legends of Ruterra. Scythria. Scythria. Yes. Uh, Demacian uh, girl who joined the army. Mm-hmm. And the letter is oh, from is her father. two-drop? Probably. two-drop. Scythria of Cloudfield. Yep. And the letter is from her father. He sent her Tellstones to so that there's some relief while at war. And um, it's just such Wind a cool little thing. Involves tellstones. And it does. Um, and uh, these are like... If you're interested in that, it's over on the Stories of Runeterra podcast. The, the stones themselves that come in the game are just... They just feel so good. They're not too heavy. They're not too light. They feel like they matter. And it's a great simple game. If y'all don't know it, check it out. It's I think like forty five bucks. Um, That's what I was gonna say. The one thing that makes me go, I don't want to get it, is dropping the forty five. Tellstones King's Gambit. Yep. You can go to Tellstones dot com. And there's a story. There's RiotGames.com. There's a story why there's a second name for Tellstones too. It's because. Uh, Two brothers settled who would become king and who would serve the other over a game of Tellstones in Demo- ancient Demacian history. Yep. Yeah, it's great. I love it. I love it. It's a very simple game to pull out, and uh, and it's beautiful. Yeah. It's a bluff. It just just for the just for the sake of it, it is a bluffing game. Yes. It's a memory set building bluff game. You just so. the point of the game is to always know where the stones are. That's it. Like, know which stone is which. Well, no, yeah, it's it's yeah, it's re- it's actually a really good game, but because it's as it's very aesthetically and well made, it is very it is pricey as games go for what is in the actual game. Correct. It is, yes, this is definitely something you're getting because you want to have it and collect it, but once you play it, it's like, oh, this is actually really fun to play. It's just most people, it's not a traditional board game that most people would spend that kind of money on. This is, it's the kind of, you would typically spend this kind of money on, like, Risk or something like that, a much larger game. Okay, Kitty? With a lot more pieces. This is pretty, and you are a collector. The reality is, is you could make this game with cardboard pieces. I'm going to put you in your crate if you start. All right. 
We need to get to talking about items. Because this has been 20 minutes of us bunny trailing for Gary. Gary! Gary! Gary, your gimmick. Thank no, you. This <laughs> is all... This is... This is... This is... Well, this is for you, Gary. <laughs> is that my best SpongeBob? Oh, Gary. That actually is a really good one. All right. Gary. Well. You're a snail that's somehow still more intelligent than my best friend. <laughs> so the first things that we wanted to focus on now that we've gotten to lore, or now that we've gotten to explaining the items and everything, um, the briefest thing to say is that items are critical in League of Legends, but yep. a lot of them come versed in lore. And so uh, one of the first items that you encounter in lore are Doran's items. And this is where Guy had the idea for focusing on our first items of discussion. You could say there are starting items. <laughs> That's so funny. I am a support. Dang it. Come on. Well, I was a support main for years it's true. until I was sick of not being able to win because I'm just terrible at League of Legends because I've discovered it is not the position I was in why I was losing. <laughs> I just suck. There uh, we go. I'll acknowledge my failure. <laughs> so, guy, tell us about Doran. So I kind of I jumped in to try and figure out a little bit more about him. There is not a ton. Uh, it is fitting though he is an Ionian, so we do know he is an Ionian. And from the brief stuff that I was able to find, Doran is a master like masterwork blacksmith. And it's interesting because in in the the lore, from what I have been able to glean, it is rumored or fabled that he learned his craft from Orn, which. Um, if you want to hear why that's interesting, Orn is a frail Yordian deity, um, which is, is literally a continent and a half away across the seas from Ionia. And Orn chose a very specific group of people to teach his craft to. So there is potential there if the lore is accurate to follow the story of Doran as a frail Yordian nomad mm -hmm. at the feet of the mountain where Orn taught his craft to see how he ended up over in Ionia as the as uh, working with Wuju um, so in if you recall in our first Ionian podcast there's a series of uh, to like different tribes and, and, and whatnot in Ionia from the, I'm not going to remember any of them right now, but like Zed and the Kinku, whatever. One of them is the Wuju, and the two champions associated with Wuju are uh, Yi and Wukong. And Wukong is Yi's protege, and they're the, like, Wukong is the last Wuju wielder. That's why his name is Wu Kong. His name was Kong as a Vestayan, and then he learned Wuju, and he became, as deemed by Yi, Wu Kong. Um, but Wu Kong wields, and we all tried to find the name for it, but it's not there. Doran's staff, 
Um, but we'll talk about that in a minute. There's a name we could give it, even though it's not official. Uh, and then, Unfortunately. So, so Doran made Wukong's staff. He made the seven lenses of insight, which is the thing that Yi, Master Yi, wears on his face, and the means by which he chooses new protege. So it is not to do with his combat. It's very interesting just thinking about Yi because a lot of the times I think most people will look at Yi and just think it's like some kind of weird futuristic kind of thing, but it's actually a much more it has a much more spiritual purpose and mm-hmm. how I like to think of the seven lenses is uh the glasses from uh National Treasure. There's Nicolas Cage in it, so I'm trying to pull it back, but all I can see is his smiling face. So in National Treasure... I'm thinking of the glasses from Transformer when you say that. I don't know that one, actually. Alright, we'll we'll trade this. Um, So in National Treasure, they steal the Declaration of Independence, and they have to then find a set of spectacles from Benjamin Franklin that are hidden... in Independence Hall. They have to get on the roof, there's a brick, they find it, they find these glasses. And there's three lenses. One's normal, one's blue, one's red. Sorry, that was a kitten biting my toe scream. (laughs) There's a regular lens, a blue lens, and a red lens. And they first just put on the spectacles to look at them, look at the declaration, and they see one thing. And then later in the movie, somebody's just kind of like tapping the spectacles at one point, and they lift one of the lenses, and Nick Cage's character sees that that changes the image, and he goes, oh crap, there's more to see. There's more hidden on the map that we were looking at based on which lenses you're using at a time. And so, it just kind of reminds me of that, like, okay, these seven lenses somehow are giving different perspectives on people so that he can choose blah blah blah. It's makes me think of the lenses from national treasure in a spiritual sense it's like viewing people's auras or heart or strength of mind something like that i would presume i'm the one who hasn't looked terribly deep into the seven yee's goggles (laughs) um (gasps) yes there's seven chakras there we go okay that makes a lot of sense for to, to either base it off of or have it be or just conveniently, because seven is a bizarrely reoccurring number in human folklore. Yes. As a mythologist myself. <laughs> hey, go read Joseph Campbell, C.S. Lewis, and J.R. Tolkien's discussions on the similarities between human mythologies. You will find a wondrous rabbit trail of speculation. Um, yep. Um, so anyway, Seven Lenses of Insight, those were both created by Doran, and then he also created Doran's Ring, Doran's Shield, and Doran's Blade. Um, and the basic gist of what the Lord... I mean, that was it. So he's this Master Ionian blacksmith. Mm-hmm. I get the impression that he's no longer alive or has mysteriously disappeared. But his the the tagline is something like, anything he touches becomes magical. He's this kind of trope of a human attaining such a level of perfection that their skill and excellence imbues something with magical power. And he's in Ionia, so... So, uh... Magic. Unless there is lore that we are unaware of for Doran, um, 
I think you could almost add it to your headcanon that maybe the Cabal uh, kidnapped Doran, and he's the one who manufactures the items for the League. And that's why there's actually some access to the gods, because he was under the tutelage of Orn, and there's that kind of thing. Items gotta come. Items gotta come from somewhere, even if it's in their dreams. But I mean, hey, he's a dream crafter, not really. Okay, but that's where the spiritual so, side of his—that's the spiritual side of his training coming out because it, spiritual is often related to dreams. And if he's in Ionian, related to Wuju and connecting the King Cow and Shen's little overlap between the spiritual and the. I've got it. I've got it. If Doran ever becomes a champion in League of Legends, it, it can be like Doran, the Dream Crafter, or something. He's related to Nocturne, based out of Ionia, trained by Orin. He's like a world traveler. Not a Dream Crafter. It's, it, it would just be like, he crafts in dreams, and that would be the story. But it would also be like a little bit of a lead-on. Like, he doesn't form dreams. He, but trying to figure out how you would do the mechanic they've already dumped onto Orn. I was actually going to say, how would you do the mechanic around dreams that uh, Ilya has? Because she does, like, sleep stuff. Or what if he is, like, stats-wise super vanilla? And his, his gimmick is the items become him. Guy, like, I had this idea a very long time ago, and I have not thought of it in forever. I've thought about that. What if there was a terrible chance? Like, you look at them, and you're like, you suck. But based on what you build, that determines like, your output. Super good. Whereas, like, that would, like, take the league idea of intentional... Well, do it would basically be making a Dota-style character in league. Because it would Dota is break. more reliant on items. It would break the meta. Because if, if you had a character that could become anything, as long as your team didn't fall behind, that character could fill any role. Like, hey, we're steamrolling, build all attack. Hey, we're not steamrolling, build super tank. And that character... Well, you, would, you, would put an, you would put an item limit on it. So it would be something like Cassiopeia. You can only build certain items. That's fair. Or you could... You would only be like, look, you... Like, the stats of these items go off the charts but you only get three. Okay, wait. I know how to do this. I know how to do this. Okay, so... We'll get to Doran's items, I swear. This is all and part Gary, of it. we're going to be talking to you this entire time. Like, you're sitting in the room with us, in my mind. You're so, right here. So, how this character would be built uh, would be similar... Think, uh, it's, it's going to be a mix of things. Um, so, Aphelios has you know, five different weapons that he has to use in his kit. And that's why everyone kind of hates it, because it's very big brain and things like that. So, what if, yes, he is a character who all of his moves, or most of his moves, are affected by his stats. But instead of making it, he become he is based off of whatever he builds. Make it, his moves are determined by whatever he last purchased. That way, his final item is actually critical. Like, maybe you want the biggest effect, so you can't buy a Mythic up front. Maybe you have to wait to get your Mythic as your last item. Or, if the game's going super fast, you know I can speed build my Mythic right now, because the game will end before I really have to buy other stuff. 
Like, he then becomes a gamble. He's not game-breaking. He becomes a massive gamble. And that's the kind of balance that you really want in a League of Legends character. Hold on. Oh, my daughter just joined us, so I'm going to pause here. Oh, folks. Look, if you all oh, want okay, the so cutest people... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to introduce this while you say good morning. Um, okay. Hi, um, guys, kids are, like, some of the most adorable ever and they are i i love his family uh they're amazing um guy is one of the most loving fathers i get to witness and um i'm actually very proud to have known him and his wife since before they were even dating um i was actually i i had the pleasure of talking to guy about asking jessica out him talking with me about asking her out and i've got to watch their relationship the whole time so, just a plug, family matters, and that's actually part of the reason that we like to do this, <laughs> because it's fun for us, and this recreation is, well, it's relaxing, and it makes us want to just love our families all the more, because we like our recreation. This is really funny now, because he's muted, and we're just looking at each other. <laughs> Gwendolyn is going to say hello to everybody, and then I'm going to go, we're going to go watch PBS Kids, and uh, I will come back and we'll finish talking about Doran's items. You want to say hello, Gwen? You did. Well, now everyone can hear you, so you can say it loud, talking to Mike. Say hello, everybody. Whimper. That's Elliot. Do you see Elliot? He's waving maniacally at all right, um, we're gonna go hop on PBS Kids, and we will edit out a break here, folks. All right, and we are back from Children on TV, and that was like a like a, a millisecond. So we're the Flash here, anyway. Only a millisecond. <laughs> All right, um, so so besides designing Doran the champion character. Which is incredible. We didn't expect that. Um, Riot, take her ideas. Character, his, if, you, if your last item is a sword, and the reason that I don't think this is too much is because they've got insane things like you can steal the ult of every all hundred and whatever. So the spaghetti code that goes with my next statement is possible. If your final weapon is a sword... You wield that sword. Oh, yeah! You wield that sword, and you are a melee champion. If your final weapon is a gun, you are then a ranged champion. And I still think you have the, like, three or four item limit thing. And then if your last item is not a weapon, it's like a piece of armor. So, like, I don't know thorn mail something that also um, means that also means they have to start melee there's no I, there's no starter item that gives range in any way uh-huh yeah which gives them like makes you play like kale um this is work this is workable if you end your item with uh if you end your item with like an armor or something you just punch stuff yeah like, or or you kind of leona it where you have a shield that you hit people with however it is no, I think I think that would be way too like I'm thinking too much spaghetti code because then if you end with Doran's shield, blade or ring, like 
Wait. I like your idea that the final item. The Dorn, uh, the one, the your Dorn's ring actually probably would play out as a starter ranged thing. Like you're just like kind of like Lux, a little spell slinger. Anyways, yeah. We'll put Anywho. if we really want this idea, we'll we'll figure out who to tweet and say here's our here's here's your next money maker. Um, this is the this is also now part of the title of this episode because we've spent so much time. We have Do- Doran homebrew for D and D. Doran is a champion. Doran is a champion. Uh, now, we can't. Now I have to think of his epithet. Okay, uh, but I will do that in a little bit. So the one um, and the one. So let's let's go back to the items that we were talking about. So we mentioned the ring, Dorn's shield, Dorn's blade, and the seven lenses of mm-hmm. insight um, for Yi. The other item that we already mentioned that actually it has a tie to Wukong, but it's really hard to find the concrete connection uh, with a digital record on League Wiki. Doran's or Wukong's staff in one spot, literally on one page, is referred to as Doran's staff. Now, the very brief, and we're not going to get into the Wukong lore, because Wukong lore extends beyond any game that he is in. He's in most Dota, uh, or in most... What's it called? What He's are... a meta. He is a meta character. Almost yes. Anywhere that he ends up, he, he is just a copy and paste of the uh, ancient Chinese myth of Wu Kong, who is a ascended the golden monkey. I mean, it's even in movies. Correct. Like, and so he's a monkey that gets sentient in the original myth. He goes and annoys an ancient dragon long enough to get a column as a staff. It's, he's a hysterical, he's kind of like, a lot of Western mythology doesn't have an equivalent. He's kind of a trickster. Correct. Like, we would call him annoying, but he's a good guy. And he typically, yeah, yeah, and he typically appears in most MOBAs. Like, he's in Smite, I don't know if he's in Dota, um, and he's in League, and and a bunch of other stuff. In fact, I think that there is a Wukong game coming out sometime soon. Um... But in lore, his staff is called, and we're sorry if we mispronounce this, but so we're just going to do the anglicized pronunciation, Ryu or Rui, Rui, or just two of those words, but usually ending in bang. Um, I like Jingu bang, actually. Uh, bang! Um, but in League, there is one reference, not in the client, not on the League website, on the League wiki, where Wukong's staff is called Doran's staff. So we will at least discuss it briefly. Um, so... Guy's idea when he brought these up was that instead of just having homebrewed items, this would be a set of items. He's called the Monkey King in Dota 2. Ah, there we go. So he is in Dota. Um, The idea was that these Doran's items here could be uh, a campaign setting. And I'm going to let Guy expand on that because, again, it was his idea. Oh, oh, are we talking about, like, how, uh, because of where... We'll, homebrew, where, we'll um, talk the homebrew of the items in a moment, but the, the you had the idea of making it a story-based thing rather than, here's an item, go and use it. Oh, I mean, he could run as an NPC, so there's a number of different ways that you could bring Doran into a D&D game, particularly in Ionia, but what would be interesting is because 
Based on the lore, which we briefly explained, he is a master... Of, oh, I don't know if we did this on... This might have been before we started recording. Um, Doran, from the lore, apparently learned his craft... It's fabled he learned his craft from Orn. Um, long story short, Orn, demigod, Freljordium. But Doran is an Ionian, so one of two different things could happen. He could have been a Freljordian nomad that learned his craft. I need to figure out the name of the tribe now, but there's like a specific tribe that um, Orn like elected as his protégés, taught them that, and then somehow Dorn ends up in Ionia as a Wushu master. Or Wushu master. And so that could be a journey in and of itself, but it would be very simple to have him as a NPC, kind of the, the typical guy where you go to the blacks, where you go to the, the smithy, um, and once you go to the smithy, you get him to enchant or, or craft items for you would be my thought. Is that what you were talking about? Uh, yes. Because you admit you, you presented. Folks, this shows the preparation we do. We do weeks of research and carefully detailed notes in preparing for each episode. We don't, we don't go off the cuff a lot. We're very ready. It's okay. Thank you for Arth joining. Blood. <laughs> um, Doran's... Arthblood is the Freljordian tribe. That's such a good name. Uh, that's such a solid name. Gosh. Hearthblood. Yeah. Um, so what would... Or if any of you have listened to... Um, sorry, this just popped in my... Another reference popped in my head. If any of you have listened to the second campaign of Critical Role... No. Yeah, Clay. Second campaign, The Clays... And I won't spoil too much of the second the second campaign of Critical Role Two, but the the blacksmithy that uh, Caduceus Clay has to go find. I like always hunting for somebody who has to make something for you. Those are the rescue quests in D and D that I actually feel are the most worthwhile because, like, it's like if you fail, whether it's dying or you're just failing to rescue them. I feel like it gives DMs a lot of um, agency uh, to really have a big story impact um, because a lot of campaigns, it can feel like you're just going session by session, which for planning purposes, session by session is typically easier. But if you're able to commit to a campaign, having consequences for your missions always feels really good in a long term. And so... That's personally how I would recommend hearing this idea from Guy. Uh, this is personally the idea that I would recommend going with if you wanted him to be an NPC that has a story base within a League of Legends campaign. And then the other way to take it would be how would you homebrew these items? Now, yep. the thought that we had was they are starter items. You don't don't ever don't, like don't try to break the bank with a starter item, because every DM who hears I have a homebrew idea, yeah, like, their blood boils for just a moment, waiting to hear how bad this idea will break their campaign. Sure. I, 
the ones that we can we're gonna have to uh, homebrew like off the cuff are the seven lenses of insight because I have an idea, but I think that could be a more hefty item. Mm-hmm. I don't even want to touch Wukong staff. Actually, uh, here I will I will I will cover Wukong staff in ten seconds. In traditional Wukong lore, the staff can shrink and grow. Just come up with some way to determine its size and the damage it does based on size. Boom. Take it as you will, DMs. Boom. We covered it. Ten seconds. <laughs> that was seven. Not bad. Ha! So there you go. Back it, to d- it changes in size. Uh, it changes in size, and uh, you could use it as a bridge or as a back scratcher. I didn't even think of that. Um, yes. I'm just. I just looked at the Dota 2 Wukong, and his Q basic is like a massive. Like it becomes the size of a column and smashes people. So that's what made me think of a bridge. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we'll do seven insight, seven lenses of insight last, so we can knock out the four couple starter items. The starter items for me were very simple. Yes. Doran Blade is something like it because I'm doing this based on their stats in League. I look to that as an inspiration, and so in League, you get a little bit of attack damage, a little bit of health, and you get. Omni Vamp, which used to be Lifesteal. Um, so I'm th- thinking for that, it's going to be fairly simple. The blade's a plus one with, with like every, like maybe you recover half the damage dealt rounded down of just the blade. Okay. Which I think is already an item of some sort. I've got another one. It's a little trickier, but it, I think it would be really fun for the player. Um, and this is where this okay. is, this is the idea that the DM might cringe a little too. So, because in League of Legends it has damage. First off, it, it's eight attack damage. So I would imagine that if you're using this, you roll a D eight. That's kind of what oh, I would. Nice. Okay, and then. Well, be- I mean that's a rapier. Yeah, and be, but because it also has a health stat, so Doran's Blade gives you 80 health, but it also has the 2.5% Omnivamp, what if, instead of healing health, it in combat, if you make a successful strike, you get one tempor- temporary hit point per hit. And, it, and at the end of combat, they, they go... Because you could use it as a healing well, thing. Temporary hit points don't stack mechanically. Ooh, you're right, you're right. I always forget that because we've accidentally stacked temporary hit points in a campaign before because we didn't remember that rule. <laughs> and it's stupid. Um, well, maybe... Well, we're suddenly... We're actually just building... Um, <gasps> I got it, wait. There's one of the like nine legendary swords... That when you deal X amount of damage, you gain that as a temporary. What about this? On a successful um, hit, on a successful hit, you have to do a constitution roll. I'm not sure what the roll should be because Omnivamp. Whenever I see Omnivamp as a stat in League or just Vamp, I think of a vampire. That's what it's called. It's life steal. You're you're essentially sucking the life out of somebody. So if this was a blade that you're literally sucking the life, or maybe literally sucking the blood, how does your body take to taking somebody else's blood all of a sudden? And if you pass the constitution save, you heal one hit point or something. Like, you don't want it too broken. 
So that way it's not well, guaranteed. Yeah, we built an item that already exists in League or in D and D, though. We it's did one of the seven <gasps> legendary swords or something. So it does do it. Look, Man, there's, there's a sword that does exactly what you're talking about. And we were trying to keep it not legendary. <laughs> no, I know. That's why I'm trying to like. Uh, sword. Sword. Is that it's the, the I know the sword of uh, the sword of cost might do it. Mm-hmm. Nope, it's not that. Anyway, there is a weapon that does it, and it's one of the like basic. Anyway, I'm not going to sit here and scroll through D&D Beyond trying to find it while we do it. If you know the sword, that is what we are thinking of to an extent. What is it? I'm, I'm, I was saying if they know the sword. Gary, if you know the sword. Yeah, that sword. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yes, um, Gary, you obviously know what we're talking about. 100%. Expect you to be fully versed in D&D by the time this is over. The next time I see anyway, you, there will be so a quiz. Another thing, another thing you could do with it, as far as the health goes is maybe it increases your max health by 5 or 10. So what rarity this is, by this is a starting item because you're if you're going to want to give it to your wizard for the health buff, it's not going to help them as much because you have to be proficient with like a long right. like martial weapons. Are there such a, so this is actually a curiosity question that I've never thought to ask with D&D. Are there items, weapons or not, that have other effects based on being proficient with that type of item like this long sword only does this for somebody who's proficient in it i think the closest thing they have is um i think the closest thing to that is usable only by clerics or usable only by so in other words, it's just a requirement to actually use it, not a anyone can use it, but if you do this, you can use it more. Yeah, I don't okay. think they have a ton of that. Hmm, interesting, interesting. Writes down idea to possibly see if it's anything. I mean, that's easy to homebrew. Yeah. You could have a... Because you have, you have items like... Or you have spells that you can change damage with. So... You... Would be... I think it just gets real complicated as an mm -hmm. item to say here is an item that depending on what class you are, because what do you do with a multi-class? Do you just use one of the features or do you have to come up with every You're broken. <laughs> variant blend of everything? Uh, I guess it. W I, the, truthfully know? that would just come down to the DM. Does the DM want to deal with that? Do you as a player want to deal with that? But Doran's Blade, a little bit of a little bit of something. 1d8, I think, is what we settled on just because it's 8 attack damage in League. 1d8 seems pretty sword. solid. Yeah. I mean, you just use a longsword base, so it's a d6 if you wield it one-handed. Yep. It's a d8 if you two-handed. There you go. It. Um, so, Dorn's so, Shield. Really simple. Tell us your idea for Dorn's Shield. Dorn's Shield, I wrote down as... I wrote down the idea, Hit Restore. So... Depending on the amount of damage, because in the game, mechanically, uh, Doran's shield has focus, which I didn't... It gives you health, 
I think simply it's a shield. So we just use the shield mechanic. Um, maybe it gives you, instead of plus two, it gives you plus three. I don't know, because mm. it's special. Um, I created... I haven't used them, but I have a whole... I, I'm, I feel like shields are an unexploited item in D&D. So I actually went in and added a ton of historical shields that have different effects based on you use them. So there's as much selection in the shield you use as the sword you use in my D&D world. And I added them all to D&D Beyond as equipable items. Nice. Um, they're not magical, though. Anyway, so recovery restores six health every five seconds. And then endure is if you get hit, you actually heal more so it's a like you took damage now heal so my idea was if a enemy attacks you and misses you recover x amount of health maybe you roll a hit die and recover that much health i like this very simple very straightforward the only you suffer the only you can other just get idea super broken if you have someone with an obscene high AC yes. looking at you, Ethan, from Kirdak. Thirty he had like a twenty nine AC average by the end of our adventure. Holy which is smokes. Great because I was yeah, he he is a excellent character builder because his he power games, but he power games with story. So it all makes sense. That's playing a warforged cleric. That is my that is my focus. When I'm when I'm building a character, I need it to make sense narratively. And like, if I want to multi class, I want it to fit into the story. Why do I want to multi class? Like my my best character that I've ever played. Even though my DM did not like my character, not because he was broken, just because he thought my character was annoying. Um, multi classed from monk into cleric, and it was because. I kept, for so many sessions, I kept having terrible attack rolls in combat. And so my character was feeling like they were just, ter like they couldn't do enough for the party uh, when they needed it most. And we eventually did lose one of our characters. And so he was like, I need to be able to help when we are down. And so that's why I focused Cleric so we could start getting, so he could do some more healing. And it was a very, and I had a great narrative transition and so defend if you can defend it narratively always do so because i think it really enriches whatever campaign you're in uh, my only other idea with dorn shield because i really like your entire idea with it but for recovery you could also consider every so it says restore six health every five seconds that's what the recovery skill is for dorn shield if in combat maybe it's you restore six health every five rounds of combat it's not broken. It's not a ton of health that's suddenly recovered, but it's a small thing, and yeah. it's and it's only if you have been tracking it and recover and remember to do so. Yeah, I found the sword we were talking about. It's called the Sword of Life Stealing. It's a rare sword, and when you attack it, you roll and you roll a crit, so you roll a nat twenty. I'm sorry. So this is for Dorn's. This is for Dorn's blade again, technically. Yeah, when you attack a creature with this magic weapon and roll a 20 on the attack roll, the target makes an 
the target takes an extra 10 necrotic if it's not undead or construct. Ooh. And then you gain 10 temp hit points. Okay. Um, so. I don't like that it's only on a 20. So here's my question. No other, there's no other bonuses to it. Here's my question, then. That's it. Because a... Um, that's a legendary item? Rare. Rare. Not legendary. So the distinction that we would have to start thinking about, especially when, if and when we talk about more league items, is it is a very... Bloodthirster is a very well-known League of Legends item. And to convert it, that's immediately what... Like, that's the kind of sword that I would be trying to think of because Bloodthirster is built around life stealing and yeah it is kind of broken in the right hands and that would make it very hard to convert to D D so that it isn't breaking a campaign well and part, well you would just reskin the sort of lifestyle i think that'd be I fair think, i think we need to give ourselves leniency to say like there are things that you just reskin so, so then, skin the sort of life stealing is bloodthirster. So then, how do you scale down for a Doran's blade? Right, and that's where you would just have to tweak it. As yeah, you play with it. So, do you get two temporary hit? That's why I was saying like it's not temporary hit points. I see what you're saying. So anyway. maybe so the 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 idea could be that for Doran's blade, you have a mini version of the sort of life stealing, and then if you wanted bloodthirster, you reskin the sort of life stealing. Yeah. There you so go. For Here we go. For yeah. Doran's Blade. So that it's not super broken. Because I'm thinking, like, the guy that we're I'm playing with right now, he's built a samurai fighter that is fifth level. It, or we're seventh. We just leveled up last night. Is stupid. But you could do something where... Because if you get five attacks off in a game healing half your damage is going to be a ton. This character is going to be unkillable. What you do is, even if they're a 10th or 15th level character, you just have a set amount of healing. So when you do damage, you heal four hit points. That would be less broken. <clears throat> it would be really good at lower levels, but at higher levels, it's not going to get absurd as combat scales mm -hmm. for higher level characters. So maybe you just have it set. So Doran's Blade heals you. It's a plus one sword that heals you three or four hit points. Because I'm thinking level, what's a level a level five fighter is going to have somewhere in the range of 40 to 50 hit points. Um... That sounds right for yeah, a fighter. Yeah, they're D10, so 45 hit points. Um, having a sword that heals you. So I think three. Three feels like a good number because you're going to get two attacks. And if you consistently hit, you're getting three points back every damage. But most things are going to do more than three damage. So the bleed, you're going you're gonna to wear down faster than you gain back. So that's how you would do it. I think it's good. Alright, so Doran's so, Blade. Doran's Blade. Doran's Shield. Blade, on every hit, you gain three, you heal three. Yep. Doran's Shield is maybe a plus three shield or a plus two shield, 
that when you suffer damage, so there's the you heal maybe every. I said every could, five you know, rounds, but. You, well, I was gonna say instead of having to track rounds, because that's really hard in combat. I agree. Honestly, um, what you could do is every turn as a bonus action, you could make a save. So you could roll a con save if you succeed on this DC save. So maybe a 16 or 17, you heal five. Or if you pass but, the save, you roll a D6. Sure. It well, was going to say it has two effects. It has this plus two shield. And then as an action or as a bonus action, you can activate it to do this self-heal. Mm -hmm. And then its passive ability would be when you block a hit. So if, if someone tries to hit you and misses in a melee, and it needs to be melee specifically. Well, maybe. I don't know tries to hit you with a weapon attack and misses you then heal X amount. Again maybe it's a set number. Maybe it's five or four points because again I'm trying to think of how does this not get broken because then you're going to because then action economy is going to be a thing. So if you're the tank and you walk out in the middle and you say everyone hit me but it, oh, it makes for oh my gosh! Actually, maybe you do do it because maybe you are low on health and you have a moderately high AC. You walk out into the middle of combat and you're like, if they all miss this horde of five goblins attacking with advantage, either I die or I come surging back. That is I like that because it's either because then it's the gamble mechanic again it's not bro i feel like anything that's broken should be a gamble and i like it or you've earned it so that you can be op you've also given me an idea yep. for a totally separate item so in D D or what is it league of legends breath of the wild actually breath of the wild has weapon durability and yeah imagine that this shield well yeah it gives you uh Get it, like its base thing for the character is that it just gives you some AC but then it has its own health pool let's say 80 health or whatever if it is ever reduced to zero it is ear it, 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 it is uh, unreversibly damaged there's nothing you can do to ever mend it period it is gone forever. But every time you are attacked with anything that is not an area of effect, you can roll to, ha to, to block it with the shield, and the shield takes damage, and then you figure out bonus actions or uh, outside of combat things for it to recover health. So it's like, okay, this uh, dragon swiped at you with its claw, but it hit Doran's shield, and Doran's shield took... 20 points of damage on your turn you can use a bonus action for it to restore six of its own health you didn't take any damage the shield took all the damage you can use a bonus action to re restore six of its own health if it falls both below a certain threshold it sequentially starts gaining some health automatically each of your combat turns but if the shield if you use the shield and it ever falls below uh, or, or it ever hits zero, it's just destroyed, and there's nothing that you can do to get it back. 
So it's kind of like the meat shield, but the in that that sounds that sounds like a a little higher level. I like the wet. I like the item. It sounds you wouldn't give that to an early to a exactly. That's why I was like this would this could not be Doran's because we're wanting these to be more starter items. This is something that yeah. you earn. That sounds cool though. And it would be yeah. It's like you add because weapon. I don't think anyone typically likes weapon durability, but if you do it where it's like if you are careful it's with it. But it'd be one thing. Well, no, no, no. It's only because, like, you could... I mean, you could keep it simple. Maybe lower the health pool. Um, and... M maybe lower the health oh pool. Oh, my gosh. It's called, it's called the Shield of the Suffer of... Um, it's called the Shield of um, Blood and Tears. And the f it's what it looks like is it's a, it's a crying face and, like, a scream. And so whenever you suffer damage, it suffers for you. So if something hits you, you can choose to put that onto the shield. And it's it, what it is, is it's a Dorian Gray mechanic. So you can put all this damage on the shield, but if you don't, if you don't heal the shield by the end of combat, mm -hmm. you suffer, like it delays damage. So you'll survive combat but if combat ends, it's like a barbarian's rage. Hmm. So if you don't heal it by the end of combat, and you can use heal spells, and you can use potions on it. I like this. I think that's a fun mechanic. It's not Doran's shield, but it's a good... I, I, no. I like oh that gosh. a lot. That would be great, because then you're going to be like, I want to kill this dragon, but I have been chunking every swipe onto the shield and it has like 80 to 90 damage on it. And if I don't get this thing healed, or I'm sitting at like, because of all the dragon breath attacks, I'm a fighter and I have 50 health. If I don't get this off of the shield or get it down to 49, I'm going to be one shot when combat ends. Or, well, okay, I, what's the, I forget the D&D rule. If you hit, if you are reduced to zero hit points, and then somebody that's what, I'm, that's what I'm talking about. And then somebody hits you. What is the is it if somebody hits you for half of your hit points when you're at zero, you instantly die, no death saves? No, they have to do damage through your current hit so let's say you're uh, uh, like a wizard and you have eight hit points. Okay. Um, if you have if you're at full health and you take ten damage, you go negative two. Okay. And then you go back to zero, and then it's like, once you're once you're once you're down, you're down. You're at zero hit points. If they hit you and you you just fail death saves after zero, the mechanic you're thinking of is if I am at full health, eight hit points, and you suffer twenty, that removes all your current health points, and then you go negative in an amount exceeding your your um hit point pool okay so if i take negative eight or more so if i'm at again if i'm at eight full and i suffer 20 damage that's an insta kill which is what i was saying is interesting with this whatever shield we've just created so anyway i like it doran's ring ring tell me tell me your idea Okay, let's do this together then. I like this. So, Doran's ring in uh, 
because I have an idea, but... Doran's Ring in League of Legends has 15 ability power. It has some health. Stop, let go of the mouse pad. Kitty problems again, folks. Um, and it moved me away from the stat block. Um, it has 15 ability power, 70 health, and two abilities. One is that it deals an additional five physical damage to minions, so maybe a horde mechanic. Like, if there's a horde but one big, one bigger person does something. Uh, or And a drain ability, which is it restores one mana every second. Damaging an enemy champion increases this to 1.5 for every 10 seconds if you can't get mana, regenerate, etc., etc. My immediate thought is... If this is an attack item, not just a stat-boosting item, maybe if you deal the killing blow, you get the lowest a, a spell slot back of the lowest spell slot possible. I had something like that in my brain as well. Or maybe I that's just it. What I said was, this is what I wrote down, and I'm thinking I would pull back one piece of it because it's a little broken. I have it as plus one to spell hit. Which is a thing. Okay. Not on a lot of items, but you get plus one to spell attack rolls. Um, and then on a short rest, basically what I did was I imported what you said, a really weak version of um, the wizard's arcane recovery mechanic. Okay. Which was on a short rest, you restore two level one slots so you can restore two level ones or one level two <gasps> as a on a short rest i've got it. either that or i like your idea as a combat weapon if you we can attach it to a killing blow like you said i might attach it to an, a, a roll so you got to figure out because kids here's the thing with spells you have things that affect... I see you're very excited with an idea, but let me get this one out. Yeah, go, 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 go. Um, so you have DCs is one thing. So yep. I might, be a, I might be a wizard that always uses DCs as a, like spells that have a DC as opposed to a attack roll. And so how do you create an item that triggers on a success? But maybe every... Oh, here's how you do it. Every time you cast a spell... You roll a d20, and on a 20... You don't spend the slot. <clears throat> yeah. You, you're, the slot isn't expended. I don't mind that. Um, or, yeah. Because it, like it would be idea, so rare. that it's associated with getting a kill. But what if... And then here's another thing. I think I like your idea best. The, the roll a d20 every single time you cast a spell on only a natural 20. Nothing else. You save the spell slot. Yeah. Um, that reminds me of a mechanic I heard recently that I kind of want to—I actually want to bring up and ask your opinion. Um, I think the other idea, which is the like on a kill, you can do this, but you make it Doran's rings, but these rings are fused together as like knuckles, and so you can wear them like brass knuckles. And then here's here's why here's why I like this idea: um, if you get the killing blow using those as a melee strike. Then it sucks their life force and restores the lowest level spell slot available. Um, the reason I like that is because your wizards aren't melee people. And so it is a massive risk. I was going to say, I don't feel the reward is large enough 
for a wizard because I'm thinking for a I'm spell slot. Thinking like that's again why I like your idea. That's fair, but that's why I like your idea if better. You, if you get the melee kill on something with the wizard. And this might be something that you have to limit to wizards or sorcerers. Um, maybe not, or maybe not. Because um, I feel like this in the hands of a druid would be broken. Because a druid's going to shapeshift into an elemental or something. And then doing a melee attack is... Well, no, you'd have to do it with the ring. I right. think that's specific. Like, you have to do it with the ring. What if... When you shapeshift... You shapeshift, and you don't. You're not using the weapon. You're using the. Okay, no, I like that because you still have to be in person. You're putting the risk out there. And, and okay, so let's let's make it a little more worth it then. Instead of restoring one of your low level spell slots, if you strike a killing blow, it stores a level name the level spell slot in the ring for a sp for a free spell at some point. And it's not endlessly stacking. It's like it can store up to three charges of a level three spell, level five spell, level a, a one level five spell, whatever it is. Um, you choose what that is, and it's stored in the ring. But it has to be one of the spells you know. Correct. So if you're not high. Yeah, I like that because then you can be some like, I'm a level one wizard, right? I go something crazy. I risk it for the biscuit. I land this killing blow. If I do that, I have a level five spell slot that I can use for, say, something like Scorching Hands. So I can cast Scorching Hands at a fifth level, even though I'm a level whatever wizard. That's and, cool. And this is just this would be a mechanic that I would suggest to DMs make the if you take the ring off, it resets. Just that way, that way it's not like, hey, I gave this to the Barbarian, and they did three killing blows with it, and then I gave it to the Wizard. Yeah. No, 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 it is, if you take it off, then the life force dissipates with it. Your life force contains it to the ring, and just something yeah. like that. Like, there, you could mumbo-jumbo, figure out how you want to word it, but I still like your idea better. I do like your idea better of... Roll a d20, because it's more. that one is more sustainable. If you roll a d20, you just don't mark off the spell slot. Yeah, your item is... I think yours is a fun one, but it might not be Doran's, because Doran's is like... Starter. The, well, no, I guess it does capture them. I think either of these are good. Are yeah, good, like good a level one wizard running up for a melee strike. I'd be like, good luck. <laughs> that's what, Yeah, I think that's my concern. I feel like you could make that... Ver your version of it something like we did with the shield mm -hmm. there's a version there's an item in what you made but it's maybe more a mid-tier or a rare item maybe your level that five kind of stuff yeah you've got a wizard that can go in and cast an abjuration spell on themselves so that they have some protection and then make that attempt yeah. rather than the the super that or they get it in they, they're they're at the point where they can take war casters so but yeah, Doran's ring maybe is something where you, when you cast a spell, you roll a d20, and on a, and I don't know, maybe you do on a 19 or 20, because then you've got a 10% chance as opposed to a 20% chance. I don't know. Because I feel like the other two, the other two shields, 
here. Well, here. Let me hear my argument. I'll hear the it. The blade and the shield feel like you're you're utilizing the mechanic pretty often. Okay. The shield, I'm running into the middle. It's a gamble. I could die, but I'm running into the middle. I'm going to get that effect pretty often. Right. The sword, every time I hit, I'm getting the effect. Where is? How do you do it on? And I guess you're rolling. So I guess every time you hit with a spell or you cast a spell, you're getting to roll. So that's something. But I just feel like in a combat, which is going to go four to five rounds, mm-hmm. I'm rolling four to five dice. And what's the chance that I'm going to roll a nat 20 on four to five dice on this cast? I don't know. It's true. It's something to play so with. I would say I would say DM, do it at your discretion, just because I could see... If you if you limited it to the D on a natural twenty only, that's actually something that I think would be very worth cons- like it would be considerable. Like I got this at level one, I have it at level fifteen. Whereas if you add nineteen or twenty, it would be like, yeah, there's no question. I'm literally keeping this the entire time my character's alive because a ten percent chance to save a spell slot is pretty decent, depending on how you roll one night. Yeah. Okay. All right. Lastly is Yee's Seven Lenses of Insight. Yeah. I have an idea here, but I'd love to hear your homebrew off here. All right. I like that you found that there are seven chakras, because I think that the biggest thing, I think that this is less of a combat or practical use i think that this is more of a narrative use uh device because even in league of legends it does not have a practical impact on the game uh this is just part of the lore and so i think that this you could actually base an entire campaign about this like maybe yi is trying to pass on wuju and you are his acolytes and you how these seven lenses reveal to yi your heart your chakras whatever it might be like this is there's there's enough room for interpretation here but this is this could be something that changes uh session to session like based on your actions today if you're doing it based on chakras i don't know you'd i'd have to look at chakras like i don't know exactly how chakras work um but uh, if it's judging your heart maybe it's judging different aspects like your compassion your uh, your knowledge, your gu- how brave you are, like all these. Are, I'm thinking, I'm playing through Persona Five right now, and those you have like a five, you have a star shape that you are growing these aspects of yourself. It's proficiency, knowledge, guts, uh, charm, and oh, what's the last one? It's it's guts over here, knowledge up top, proficiency charm and this one this is the first one i did anyways it's five different things you could just spitball two others but maybe these different things impact how ye treats you or things that ye grants you like if you are showing to be the bravest ye gives you a specific item in your training things like that so i see it i I see it as like a, a progressing story mechanic um and you could literally base it around it if you wanted to just put that into an 
into your campaign. Again, this we try to. Some of these ideas are specific to a League of Legends Runeterra campaign, but we often do try to have it just be. If you want to plug and play this into your campaign, do it. This would be a great one. You go to a school, and this person. This is how you evaluate your students and their advancement. That's kind of my spitball thought. Yeah. Well, and I was just kind of, while you were saying that, two things came to my mind. Immediately, the first thing that popped into my brain was the inquisitive class of rogue subclass, Mm -hmm. which is all about telling who can lie. I think Mastermind's got some other mechanics in that same weird uh, mechanic. Um, So insightful manipulator is a mechanic for the mastermind subclass it's a ninth you get it at ninth level but if you spend a minute interacting or observing someone outside of combat you can learn their intelligence score wisdom score charisma score and their classes you get to pick two that is of so that good learn. that is so good um so that's the that, that kind of is the insight piece the inquisitor rogue gets insightful fighting or no what was it that i wanted to do you keep saying inquisitor and i just go back to our intro for today the spanish inquisition inquisitive no one expects the inquisitive the inquisitive um oh ear ear for deceit or eye for detail you choose an archetype if you choose this at third level you make a wisdom insight check okay if you roll a seven or lower you can, or I'm sorry, treat a roll of seven or lower as an eight. So you can't roll below eight on insight checks. Uh, nice. So there's, so those are two things that I came up with. That's a pretty healthy mechanic, had, actually. And this is where it's weird. The other idea I had wouldn't work in my game as much because I don't run. It depends on how you run alignment. But basically, if you're wearing these goggles, you see alignment. Like, it's Ooh. not a roll, it's not a check. You just see alignment. That, okay. Now, that makes it a playable play, character item. Yeah, if you don't play alignment, like, like I said, I don't really play alignment. And whenever I run across effects that need it, basically I have the, the, the character secretly tell me in that moment what they feel their alignment is. So we don't need to open up the can of worms that is the discussion of alignment veracity in D&D. But um, that's a very simple mechanic for this item. Anyone you look at, you don't even have to observe them. You see their alignment. Now, you could tweak it in something that might function better in my world would be you, you glean their intention towards you. And so in something like the Augury spell where you have four answers that are possible, yes, no, and maybe, or don't know, um, you could create a similar item where you read them and you you glean their intention. So if you look at a creature with these goggles, you could see are they friendly, hostile, neutral, or otherwise. Like a one-word descriptor of their attitude towards you. Okay. Un, like, and, un, and, and I don't, and this is the player in me influencing my DM, I don't want to give the DM the escape of unknown. 
like there there should not be a neutral response i agree yeah definitely one of the options because then you're going to have a character a player who really wants to use this item and then that one dm who is always going to answer unknown which sucks yeah and i just like as a as an item and then of course on the flip side you're going to have the troll player that's going to look at a squirrel and say, what is this squirrel's intentions towards me? Nuts, 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 nuts. Yeah. Dog. Nuts, nuts. I'm thinking of the Budweiser commercial from all those years ago, Super Bowl Budweiser, where it's like, Budweiser now comes with the ability to speak to animals. And it cuts over to a scene in a kitchen where a man is drinking a Budweiser and looking at his dog, and his dog is going... Sausages, sausage, 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 sausages, sausage, sausages, sausages, sausage. And then he looks over and he's like, well, that's unproductive. And looks over at a squirrel in the window and says, hey, what's up, bud? And the squirrel looks at him and is like, what are you looking at, bud? And then it cuts to the end of the Budweiser commercial, which states, Budweiser no longer comes with the added feature of being able to speak with animals. (laughs) So... Oh, all right. So that is uh, our look at uh, some items from League being homebrewed into uh, Dungeons and Dragons. We are definitely going to do more of these in the future. Um, Maybe look at some of the more complicated ones, some ones that are definitely going to have some lore built around them. Um, Even some of the obvious ones we will probably touch on. Um, So uh, stay tuned. That's something that have to be current items in League. Yeah. About. Yeah, mana potions. I'm looking at you. What? <laughs> mana potions. I'm looking at you. <laughs> oh man, those were such. I bought so many of those. Um. So yeah. Um. That is that is what we will be adding to our regular mix of programming, folks. So, um. Again, if you happen to follow us on social media or you like to leave a review, we appreciate ideas. We appreciate comments, concerns, theories, quotes, ballads, haikus, uh, any of the kind. Or your mom is Elliot's supervisor. Or your mom is. (laughs) Gary, we're looking at you, Gary. Gary. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you, everybody, guy. You want to close us out? Uh, usually when people ask me that, I'm supposed to pray, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I did that on purpose. I 100% did that on purpose. <laughs> I almost was like, our father in heaven. Like, Wait, no, this is not the... Ah, shoot. Do I throw the Hail Mary? This is Yeah, if we're talking Gary's, if, if we're talking Gary's Madden game, yes. Oh my gosh, everything just went haywire. So we've got episodes uh, that we're going to do. We've got to do sports in Runeterra now because I just need to have a mechanic for Scion playing football or soccer. <gasps> it's League of Legends in uh, Mario Sports. Battle Strikers? Here we go, reskin Battle it. Battle Strikers Runeterra. Reskin the Battle game, Strikers, folks. Battle Strikers Runeterra, we got it. Uh, or we could pick a really eclectic game that you and I know nothing about, like cricket. And what would it be like to have League of Legends as a cricket game? Uh, <laughs> Hecarim would have an advantage, that's for sure. Or India. Um, Britain, India, and Australia. Uh, oddly, what's the similarity between all of these? Colonial powers! Um, <laughs> I don't have anything else. All right. Uh, Thank you, folks. We appreciate you. uh, 
Yes, social media. Listen yeah, to Guy's yeah. podcast stories of Runeterra for more League of Legends lore. And we will uh, look forward to you joining us next time here on the... Uh, gamer. Gamer. Alchemy. Alchemy. Oh knocking on the recording score window. Great way to end. Yeah. Podcast. Hey, Gwen, say goodbye. Say goodbye. Very loud. Say goodbye. Bye.